Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Club Sports Podcast. You're on with Coach Lee Rubin and Coach Mike Rosenblum. Tonight's guest is a stud pitcher for Keene University and also the head coach of the Lady Ravens 18U Gold Showcase team. Her name is Taryn DiGiacomo. I think this is one of the most fun interviews we might do all season. Taryn had coached with me directly, has coached with both of us for the last several years. And to have her on as a guest and watch her leadership and maturity shine through, talking about the way she led her team in their first tournament, given the circumstances, talking about what she's doing to make sure that our program and 18U team is compliant with whatever restrictions and guidelines are being put in place. And then also discussing what she saw at that first tournament, the laughs, the jokes, having her dynamic here with us. uh, It's going to be one of the most fun episodes we do. Absolute pleasure to have her on here. Everybody, thanks for joining us. Give us a follow over at the Club Sports Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Club Sports Podcast and enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome everybody to the Club Sports Podcast. You're on with Mike Rosenblum and Lee Rubin here tonight to talk about officially reopening play in the club softball world here in North Jersey. Lee, before we get started, how you doing, man? I'm good. I just got back home watching our our 18Us. They're playing a scrimmage over in Sparta. Oh, the pride of the Lady Ravens. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, it was great to. Uh, it was great. We were just talking about it, right? It and since just... it was a scrimmage, we can say that because we didn't lose. <laughs> Mike, you're such a glass half, <laughs> like so full. The glass is so full over there, always. But yeah, it was great. Great to see them play. Great to see softball be back. You know, it was a beautiful night to watch a game and, you know, things felt relatively normal. So let's get into that because I think the focus of tonight, what we wanted it to be, was really discussing what restarting play has looked like. We've now been practicing for a couple of weeks. We are going to be joined by our 18U gold coach, Taryn DiGiacomo, in a little bit, who's played our one tournament in our program to this point. You being there tonight, what has, uh, what, what did that look like in terms of safety precautions and the world at large right now? Yeah, well, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, right, I think it looked a little bit like what we've, you know, like a normal uh, season, what a normal game would look like. There's efforts being made to keep kids spaced as best they can, to disinfect things after games, to sanitize during games, right? So there's, they're trying, but you know, depending on the field that you're at and this particular field being a little bit tighter, it's, it's a tough task. You know, it's a tough job to just keep kids away. You know, and you watch a game, right? One of our girls hit a home run tonight. You could see how, you know, naturally everyone wants to pile on and and high five. And, you know, there you see a little bit of a, of a change where people are a little bit more aware. I think the bigger Uh, issue I'm noticing is less, between the lines. I think, I think our sport allows us to socially distance fairly well. My curiosity, I won't play my first tournament until this weekend. My curiosity is parent social distancing, anybody wearing masks. Are we seeing I'm gonna any the, effort I'm going to give the parents a lot of credit. Parents were, were separated tonight. That's um, great. It was. And I heard a really, you know, the, the kind of. And it's of, not even because we don't like each other. Right. And if, right. If you're right, this is good. If you're, you don't like the parents on your team, but I was sitting down by myself six feet, you know, it was 20 feet away, but uh, there's an older gentleman who was walking by and I guess he was with his daughter, but he was with somebody. And she was just saying to him, you know, I'm going to, you know, 
do you want to come over here on our side? You know, we'll, we'll make sure we stay apart from each other. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come on over. So yeah, I mean, people are, especially the parents, I give them a lot of credit. There was, there was some awareness there. Uh, I didn't see any masks, right? I think people were separated enough that they didn't feel that they needed to wear them, but we'll see it. You know, we'll get into this a little bit, but every tournament is seemingly going to have their own take on things and their guidelines. It'll Um, be interesting to see this weekend. We'll be up at the rock up in Chester, New York, and it'll be really a great facility. You know, we bring our program there as often as we can. We really enjoy the facility and it's going to be interesting to see what precautions they put in place and how well people are respecting those precautions. We should follow this conversation up obviously after, you know, after we go to a couple of tournaments because every tournament sending out, you know, guidelines and waivers and this and that executing is a different thing, right? So like how much of it is just eyewash, you know, here's what we're going to do. And then you get into the nitty gritty. I think this is going to be a topic we'll revisit at least once more this summer in our season. You know, our season will end the beginning of August. It's probably a good time to revisit because it's not that many weeks away. And I think the guidelines, unfortunately, are probably likely to continue to evolve and change as we go along here. Practicing, you know, we weren't quite sure what to expect, right? We, we, our first episode here was talking about what we thought this would look like as we reopened. And uh, then we, we met with Jeff and we talked a little bit more from a USSA administrative standpoint. We talked to Jeff Kittle and heard his thoughts on what reopening was going to look like. We weren't sure what to expect. And after a couple of weeks of practices, is there a different vibe to practice? Absolutely. There is, yeah. Um, but I'm not sure it's a negative. You know, I, th- I think from a pro- productivity standpoint, a lot of good things are happening by having to work in smaller groups with some more focused drills. I, you know, I think it, it really forces kids and coaches to work differently where – I'm not sure it's a negative. I I think maybe that we're getting more out of our practices by having to be a little bit more focused, a little less whole group instruction oriented. You know, that's the teacher in me, right? Ideally, any classroom isn't going to have instruction where it's one teacher and 20 kids. We do that because we have to, but we break up into small groups as often as we can to focus on specific drills and skills and lessons. And I think coaching and teaching, there's always a parallel there. So if you can have three kids and pinpoint what they need to work on and come up with drills that are going to help teach the skills they need to improve on, that's better than a whole team drill where you're just running ground balls and fly balls. and You get to be you know, much more specific and focused in what you're teaching. So I think there are silver linings there. And from a precaution standpoint, kids are wearing masks in the parking lot. They're doing their best at social distancing. You know, they're still, they're still little kids and teenagers and they're doing their best, but I think the on the field stuff is not going to change as much as I thought it might. Yeah, I think you made the best point, which is this sport, softball, baseball, they lend themselves, you know, to, you know, more of a socially distanced atmosphere. It's other sports that, you know, you read about whether it's, you know, how they're going to get football going again and, you know, basketball in the wintertime. That just seems impossible, like, because the nature on top of, of each other is to yeah. literally be in close contact with one another. And nobody loves and wants to see football happen more than I do. And, and you, right? I mean, this is, we, we just love it. But my goodness, if, if these are the guidelines and rules that they're putting for our, in, in place for a sport like softball, which is easy, 
er, I just don't even see how that's even possible. Well, and I think you're seeing the the larger challenges, and you see it with the professional sports, are less with the between the lines restrictions of this thing. It's the parents in the stands who are it's those people who are in close proximity with each other. The problems these professional teams are having right now is not that its practices are causing problems. It's living quarters. It's locker rooms. It's, it's these people being on top of each other on a daily basis that's causing these clusters of spikes within these programs. You know, our girls are together for an hour and a half and they go home, right? So we can social distance. But if you were living together, if you were spending all day at a facility together, you know, our girls roll up in their cars, they get out, they wear their masks, they get to the field, the masks go in their bags, and we practice for an hour and a half. End of story, right? So it's really easy to create an environment between the lines. Come Saturday, we have an hour and a half between games. And that's going to be the question as to what does the facility have in place? Where are they ushering people? Are they really hammering down on you can't stay at the facility when you're not playing? Because we've been at the Rock and we've seen 700 people at that facility on a tournament day. And there's not a lot of places to sit, right? Their picnic area is... You can't find a place to sit in that area on a beautiful summer Saturday, right? Teams are eliminated. We'd get eliminated. We'd stay for four hours to watch the rest of a good day of softball if we were out early. Not supposed to do that anymore. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Those are the things that I think are going to make these tournaments more difficult to control than it is two teams on the field you know, position. Right. right. When it comes apart. to the sport, that's easy, right? It's, right. it's the, it's the, all the other things that go along with it. Right. And so you're, so what time are your games this weekend? Uh, what am I? I'm at eight o'clock, 10 and 1230. So you have the break so between I, game two and game two three. And three yeah. I'm just trying to figure this out. Cause I know that what this means is you're going to be sitting in your car with the air conditioning on, but the air conditioner's have, fixed. So I am good. Yeah. And I'm going to have to talk to you for an hour and a half until the game three. So <laughs> It's on how my games one and two go, whether or not I want to talk to you. That's not a given. So I just got to, I got to, you know, this affects me a lot, you know, so your schedule. Now, are you this weekend also, or you're the following weekend? I am Monday at the rock. Of course you'd start on Monday. On Monday, you know, we're, you know, blue collar, my team, blue collar, baby. (laughs) We've got our hard hats and our lunch pails. That's it. Right. Yeah. It's going to, you know, look, it's going to be interesting. I think that things have gone as smoothly through two weeks for us and our program as we could have possibly hoped for, right? We're, we're taking temperature checks on the way in. Everybody's giving us their questionnaires. We're making sure people are healthy. Our families have always been just the most positive overall and the most understanding and bought into what we sell as a program. We've had to send some kids home without paperwork. We haven't had been fought on that. I think everybody understands, regardless of personal viewpoints, in terms of agreeing or disagreeing with things, they understand that this is what's necessary for us to be open. And they've all been really accommodating and flexible with sticking to those guidelines and acknowledging they, them. They are, our family, yeah, they've been great, right? We sent out a big email today talking about travel restrictions. And I think both you and I were interested to see how quickly after that email got sent, where were we going to get feedback like, wait, you can't do this. Or, we only or had what? 65% of the program quit on us. 47 people quit, which we thought was a really <laughs> good number, yeah, that's right? Great. That's so great. playing time a whole lot easier. That's it, know, right. Four kids on the team. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, Indian no, baseball. it's it'll be. I'm most interested to hear what your thoughts are. So here's what I is you know in terms of our practices, I feel like we are very in control, right? We dictate from start to finish. We are in control, right? We we have a protocol set we follow. I feel like at these tournaments, it's easy to surrender that control to the tournament and hope that they put things in place. But I'm, I think it's going to be a lot of work for us to kind of stay on our, our girls. So interesting following up. It's so interesting that you say that because I actually think the, what I'll struggle with, what I do struggle with as a person in general, right? It's the type a teacher in me. I'm not going to struggle with the fact that I'm, it's easy for me to give up that control. I'm going to struggle with the opposite, which is I, struggle giving up control and i'm gonna have very little of that in these circumstances right i'm not gonna have the control of where girls go in between games here there's nowhere for me to take my team right normally you know you've watched me coach for a long time now and when we started this and we still joke about it it was a little bit of a free-for-all in between games right we didn't have a structure we had to learn that then you saw me running my teams where it was, we're going to scout the team that we play tomorrow. We're going to, we're going to go have lunch together at the mall, whatever it was, right. It was all together. It was the exact opposite of social distancing, right? It was planned activities, regardless of what that activity was. And now it's okay, guys, you got to go somewhere by yourselves and socially distance here. And I don't have control over what they do because I'm going to be in the car talking to you. Well, one of the strengths of your teams have always been that cohesiveness, right? That family, that, that togetherness, that, you know, how many teams in between games are watching things together, right? One of the big arguments, not arguments, but differences to you and I, is I say, okay, game's over. Let's go. I'm going to go to Dunkin' Donuts and you're going to go here, whatever. Your team was always all about staying focused, staying at the complex, you know? So I'm wondering how this will affect coaches' abilities to get their kids to continually buy in and stay focused yeah I, I mean i think it's it's going to affect a lot of that over the summer i think we've talked a lot about how the goals of summer softball have changed a little bit right so i'm not sure that cohesiveness is as important well because right that that was always important to our teams from a success standpoint and now it's sort of about getting back onto the field and just playing as much softball as possible. And if that means that there's a not quite as good communication in the outfield and the ball drops, we'll work on that. But I'm not worried about it costing us games the same way I might have been at that 14U level when we were playing for championships every weekend. Right. So I, I think it's going to have a huge impact. The teams that have been together longer are, I, I think, have a huge advantage over teams that are, you know, a little bit more mashed up and starting for the first time. So – yeah, I, I think there are a lot of challenges in those regards, but it'll be interesting to see how tournaments take control, what areas are off limits, right? We talk about, like, we look at the restaurants in the area with outdoor seating having to be six feet apart. The picnic area at the Rock is not compliant with that. Do they Have they moved those tables? Have they... I'm sure they have. Have they put those in a situation if where... If only this podcast with heads only have two video. listeners, yeah. my mother and and, well, and your yeah. dad. And I'm just thinking um, about how, you know, I can't wait for our YouTube channel to be up so all <laughs> these get put up on video too and everybody can see what's going on here. Oh, um, God. They should see these podcast outfits too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
It, it, we, we, we record these every night at 930, by the way, and Lee's sitting here in his suit and tie, just so you know. And he's a <laughs> yeah, baseball look. instructor. The only time he puts on his suit and tie look. is for podcast recording. My parents bought this bar mitzvah suit, and I'm not going <laughs> to let it go to waste. I know you don't blame me. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have Taryn here, right? Is yeah, Taryn we're gonna let uh, we're gonna let our 18U coach Taryn DiGiacomo in here. She's gonna join our call now, it's as long as technology works accordingly here. Hey, Team coach money. Taryn, there Team she money. is. <laughs> That's overwhelming. Now, uh, you, you've been here for 10 <laughs> seconds. Give it a little longer; it gets worse. Taryn has seen some nerdy things in her life. This is probably the nerdiest <laughs> thing she's ever seen. Well, the good news is Taryn's well, been with us for five years, and I'm sure none of this surprises her. I think the nerdiest thing I, th- I ever saw was Mike's uh, male <laughs> satchel yesterday. What was, that? <laughs> what was wrong with my messenger bag? Come on. <laughs> Man, you guys, you've seen way nerdier things. You've seen me do way nerdier things than wear a messenger bag. <laughs> Taryn. Yes. When you first met Mike, right? When you when you were given the task of being his assistant coach, look at Mike's face, James. <laughs> what were your like initial thoughts like when that first like you know the first couple games and practices? What what ran through your mind? Well, the first, I think the first tournament I ever coached with him, he got called Coach Barney. <laughs> Which was was that the New Jersey State Championship where we lost to the Jersey Outlaws in the finals? No, I think that was one of I think that was that very first tournament on Memorial Day weekend in New York. That the girls I think ended up going to the finals. But it, I don't New think Windsor? It was, was that New Windsor? Maybe, but he got called Coach Barney and I, I lost Oh my god. But I'm going to speak That was Taren. by I'm the not... other team's parents by the way, Lee. They were oh not happy with god. me wearing our purple, <laughs> changing... our purple pullover short sleeve jacket. They were We've not had a fan. Some... We've had some bad outfits in this program. We've never gotten around to like the swag and like getting us all properly. Like at tonight's game, it was a mess. Coaches all dressed in different stuff. It was, there's nothing there. We got to work on that. But Taryn, let me ask you, right? So Coach Barney, I'm going to venture to say that other than Coach White, right, who is a gem, is Mike is some is he somebody that influenced you and now that you're you know a head coach you got a lot of responsibility and you're getting good at it has Mike has has have you learned stuff from him I'm sure you have oh yeah definitely I've learned what to say and what not to say (laughs) (laughs) he definitely he did a really good job because I ended up getting his girls that he had from well both of you actually because they were with you in the very beginning as well Mm -hmm. but I ended up getting very well groomed kids so my yelling at them now is like basically like Mike yelled at you for this for four years. Why are you still doing it now? And so Taryn, I always felt like one of the reasons it was so much fun coaching with you was we were always on the same page and I've been in your role as being the assistant coach. I've also been in your role as going from the assistant coach to being the head coach with the same group. It's not an easy transition. Because your role as the assistant coach was to listen to our girls complain about me to you for all the things that I was yelling at them for that now you have to yell at them for, right? That's now Sophie's job is to listen to them complain about you. How's that been for you? I think it's been, I I think it was an easy enough transition in the sense that I feel like I, as an assistant coach, I had a good idea of when it was my place to kind of almost reiterate what you were saying, but in a different way. In so a nicer think, way. 
yeah, what I, now what I'm doing. I'm, I'm as sweet as pie. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> but I was even, I was even on the phone with Lee earlier. We were talking about how like, as an assistant coach, I felt like I did a very good job of knowing when it was my place to make suggestions to you and to kind of let you do your thing. And like, if I felt like it was something I really should speak up on, then I did. And then if not, I just didn't because that was your role to make the, the major decisions. And unless my input was asked upon me, I didn't really make suggestions unless I felt like it was something like necessary. Well, from that I standpoint, I think you and I, we have different strengths, right? Because, right, Lee and I grew up in a different sport. And this is your expertise. So when it came to some Calling of the pitches. right, some of the between the lines stuff, you I think you were very involved and very comfortable making yourself involved. And when it came time to the organization and running of the of the team and the program, that was where you deferred a little bit more to me, which is where every growing assistant coach should probably be deferring to their head coach, both because it's the responsibility of the head coach. And also, you know, you started, what were you 19 when you started coaching with us? Younger 18. than that, right? Yeah. 18, right? I mean, so it was, I was right out of high school. You knew a lot about softball and knew very little about coaching, but it is, it is tough, right? I mean, I know these girls have always looked at you as something of that big sister role. And now all of a sudden you go from being somebody who jokes around with them to somebody who has, you know, has to You're put the their foot down maker. a little bit, um, on right, a little bit. And right now they're at the age where they're only like a year or two younger than I was when I started. So like, even though I've been with the same kids and I'm now four or five years older than I was in the beginning, they're like almost at the age that I was when I started with them. Lee, do you want to tell Taryn now that as soon as they're done, three of them are going to be her assistant coaches and she's going to have to <laughs> deal with them the way I did? Yeah. Taryn, we're talking tonight about, first of all, uh, we're going to kick you out of the call if you said you have not listened to our podcast and subscribed yet, because that would just be a terrible look for us. I didn't even know this was a thing. Unacceptable. Taryn, we have to delete that. Unacceptable. Um, You You need to broadcast this and advertise. Yeah, Lee's in charge of the social media. We haven't gotten that far yet. And who is in charge of the Lady Raven social media? That would be Lee as well. Um, Tired tonight we're talking about just what reopening has looked like from what you saw, you know, you've, you, the only team that's played for us so far this season is your team. Um, the rest of us will open up in the next few days. What was it like? What restrictions were in place? How was it compared to what you thought it would be like? Just give us an overview of your first week, you know, your first tournament, where you guys were at and how that looked. Wait, before you hold on a second. (laughs) Sorry, I just make myself. Lee needs to defend his. I don't think there's any reason before Taryn speaks to name where we were because after she does talk about it, we're never going to be allowed back. Look, this is a podcast. We are not Lady Ravens here. We are the club sports podcast, two different entities. Okay. No, okay. So, do you ever see the Instagram where it's like Instagram versus like expectations versus reality when Uh you take an Instagram post? I don't know if I'm really like making an age gap here with my social media, but I don't know what social media is and Lee hasn't run ours. So, you know, and it's already been established. I'm Googling what Barney was. (laughs) (laughs) So I think what I'll say is we, as an organization with practicing did a very, very good job of 
basically girls get out of the car with their waiver in hand, mask on, separate from each other. Mask doesn't come off until they're in the dugout, six feet apart from each other. The waiver is in the hand of the coach, like separate throughout the whole practice, frequently hand sanitizing, like sanitizing the ball, everything. And then this weekend, it was much different. Karen, you can stop right there. You can throw out that sheet I gave you to read off of because that was that was just perfect saying that about our program. That was yeah, that was great. Thanks. That there's actually the queue where they hold up the boards behind the computer yeah. screen. You know what? You didn't. It didn't even sound like you were reading. It was fantastic. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um, and then this weekend, where we were was much much different. <laughs> the emails we were getting, I thought it was going to be no different than it was for practice. There, there was the only people really wearing masks. It felt like were the people that were other teams that felt like they should. Masks were definitely not mandated. Other than a few umpires where like there was discrepancies on calls, like they were next to each other. They didn't really enforce any rules with the girls being in or around each other. Like it was much different from what I thought it was going to be. With that Just, being said, go ahead, Tarek, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. With that being said, I tried to kind of remind the girls like, Hey, like where we're from, it's a very different, there's very different rules in place right now. So like, when you go to the bathroom, your mask get put, gets put on. When you're sitting in between a game, like, please try to separate yourself. If you could separate throughout the dugout, please do so. Like, try and not did to Did they respond to that? Yeah, I mean. Were they compliant with that? Yes. I, it, it's also just, like, I had to continue to remind them because the last thing you think when you're playing softball is, like, oh, I can't high-five my teammate or – oh, I'm in the dugout, I can't stand next to my friends. Being we're following a lot of rules at practice, I think it'll help the girls even at some tournaments if they're not following the rules that we're following. But I think the girls are very understanding. They're intelligent and mature girls, so I think they get it. It's just some places, I guess, are following rules a lot differently than others. What it look, What did it look like in the stands with fans and guests and things like that, Taryn? Any adult compliance? So... Their bleachers were blocked off. Okay. By the third day, people were not following that. Not that many people were in them, but there were still a few people sitting on the bleachers, even though they weren't supposed to. Um, None of the fans had masks on. Okay. The only social distancing that took place was basically the fans that chose to do it themselves. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. One of the things that we talked about before the season started, Taryn, and and you'll have to go back into our podcast archive, is we interviewed this gentleman, Jeff Kittle, who runs the whole USSSA in in New Jersey. Yeah, and he's been around for a long time. So I guess one of the topics we hit on was, and one of the things Mike Just quickly, Lee, this was not a USSSA tournament that we were at this past weekend. So just go listen to Jeff's podcast, everybody, that episode, and – I'm sure that USSSA is following all the guidelines that they've put in place. The one we're talking I'm, about is I'm, not a I'm glad you just – yeah, I'm glad you, you brought that in. But it's how this whole social distancing, this whole new normal, how that would affect the actual gameplay. You know, where were the umpires – you know, how you know, would the umpires be behind the pitcher, pitcher's, pitcher's mound? mound? Yeah. You know, how would that work? So what, what, what kind of gameplay changes did you see, if any? None. <laughs> nice. I didn't – so there was one call where it basically it was a runners on first and second, less than two outs. So fly ball hits our first baseman. It was infield fly. And 
drops the ball as a result of getting run into. Not that it matters because the runner is still out, but then the runners on first and second try to advance. And like we made a play on her and my argument was basically, can, can, like, can you explain why she's safe at second basically? But I, I, the only umpire that followed the rules was him. He was like, we could talk about it, but we're going to keep a safe distance. He was the only one that seemed to care. Not to put you on the spot, but did you wear a mask while you were coaching? I didn't because I didn't think I needed to. No, and it, look, you follow the rules of what's going on in that moment. So I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I just oh, yeah. know that with my first tournament this weekend, and you, we've all done great jobs at our practices of wearing them, I was going to ask you how it affected you coaching, right? Having coached with me, you know, my greatest asset is my voice, and now I've got to use that tool with I a mean, mask like, on. So, like, for example, like ordering, like, food at the concession stand, going to the bathroom, like if I, we were under a tent with the girls, I put my mask on, but like actually at third base on the, on, at, on the field, they didn't wear one. We actually have one girl that was wearing it throughout the whole tournament. And like, people were actually looking at her like she was crazy. Our girl. Yes. One of I our players it. wore it the entire time. And everyone looked at her like she was crazy. I'm like, don't let them shame you into not following. Well, like, what then she went eight for eleven, and now everybody in the tournament started wearing one. So it's she did fine. hit a home run. So look at that. <laughs> All right, so no, no adjustments to coaching and play style. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. We'll have to have you back on. Lee and I have talked. We're gonna we'll we'll revisit this topic later in the season. We'll have to have you back on to see how what you've seen at other tournaments has looked like. I think this weekend, I'm hopeful, will be different in the sense that everyone will be following just general rules of there's all a, states, kind of. There's a different tone to this weekend's emails, and we'll see if they follow up. As we were saying earlier, a lot of this stuff could be just like, well, we have lip to service, say it like yeah. this, lip service, eyewash. And when you get there, it's a totally different thing. So we'll see. I mean, it, sh it should be interesting. But it, all, it, but it looks like it's going to be serious. It looks like they're going to have people walking around, checking on us, I think, you know. It also looked like I was the only team. I could be very wrong because I wasn't there for everyone's warm-ups, but, I mean, I made sure to take their temperature before every game. I made sure that they had their waivers the morning of. So, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming everyone else is doing that. You know, I think in all things, and we have always been successful at this, our philosophy as a program of bringing in teachers and coaches to coach our teams and you know while you're on your way to being that teacher by the way passed her practice exam tonight Lee shout out to Taryn but you know you're also homegrown in that you started with us saw the way we run our program and now you've been able to take over your own team in all aspects attitude reflects leadership I'm a big believer in that it starts at the top because we take Everything so seriously, collecting waivers, sending girls home when they don't have their paperwork, tanking temperatures at every practice, making sure they're wearing their masks. Because we've done that, even for the short time that we've been back together during this, you go to take temperatures during a tournament and they don't blink twice. They don't think anything of it, right? That's just the norm. And we are very fortunate that the families we work with have always bought into what we sell, even when they may not be in a total agreement with us. We have not had any pushback on, on what we're doing. I think everybody understands that what we're doing, whether they agree or not, is out of the best interest of the program and the individuals and their families. And as long as we are consistent with it, 
then I think we're good to go, right? I think the trouble we'll run into is one day we don't send somebody home who doesn't have their paperwork and the next day we try to. That's where you run into problems. If you do things consistently, it's much easier to get buy-in and we've been very fortunate with the, uh, with the families that we have. So well, we're working with people's children and that's the number one thing in this situation. Which is why I always had the sweet tone that I did when talking to our players. Karen, uh, thanks for hopping on for a few minutes with us. This was a lot of fun. We will definitely have you back on soon, but not until you listen to the other four episodes. Karen needs her own weekly spot, dude. I think it's great. I think it's great. Let's bring her on here with some of our other guests and really embarrass her. Can you her. give me your information fantastic. and I can like maybe be like your... Club uh, Sports Podcast, Taryn. We are on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google media, Play. Your social Karen. media... Seriously, take control of this. We want to be number one in the club sports podcast universe. We are official. Uh, Again, we're all over the place. Four episodes published and ready for you to listen to, Taryn. Aaron, if you could make one recommendation of who our next guest would be, who would it be? Keep in mind, it is not softball only. It doesn't have to be softball. No, but it would still be Darren White. D. White. I think that's a good guest to have. Although our next episode is going to be a good one as we bring in a new sport and uh, cover some cover some more, in, not more interesting, but additional interesting topics. Can I ask just you spoil? What sport is it going to be? So we're going to do a club hockey episode next. Ooh. Yeah. Like ice uh, what was that? Ice hockey? Ice Club ice hockey. Yeah. I club, can, you club. want me to find you some people? Because I probably can. First of all, I think we need to talk after this at some point, and you should absolutely be in the uh, – the planning phase of future episodes because if you've got some good guests for us we are happy to go do down want, that route i don't want to toot my own horn but i i like i'd like to say i'm a little bit on the popular side in the athletic yeah, yeah. uh again area. another another instance where if everybody listening <laughs> could see the video you would see that taryn absolutely yeah. wanted to toot her own horn there based <laughs> on the smile on that kid's face so someday all of these will get put up in video form on our youtube channels and you'll be oh, able to see that, that was very insincere. Not been in my pajama shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm wearing a collared shirt, guys. You That's guys right. Both show up Lee's, like Lee's already established he's in his bar mitzvah suit. So the fact that you're in your <laughs> you pajamas. You got to get your money's worth. Thanks for joining us. Uh, again, a lot of fun. And look, you're the only one who has any perspective on this right now. So it was good for us to, uh, to hear what you saw. And we'll have to compare notes after this week when we've, when we've all played. Yep. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Taryn. We'll talk Anytime, to you. Anytime, Tar. All right. Bye, right. guys. Later. Bye. So, you know, look, we had the benefit of obviously touching base with our coaches long before our podcast episode. So we sort of knew what Taryn was going to come at us with. But I do think it's interesting that this is going to be a location to location dynamic, right? It's going to be different at every tournament. It's going to be different based on where those tournaments are located. And Hey, let's be honest, too. There's a political thing to this as well, right? You know, wearing masks, don't wear a mask, this, that, you know. And shout out to Taryn. I mean, you know, she's a 21-year-old kid, and she's, you know, she's following the guidelines that are set forth, and it's not an easy thing. You, you know, know, and I was just going to say. Just, and uh, We're standing for something, which is. As a new parent, you're going you're gonna to understand this real soon, which is enforcing the rules that you have for your family and your children becomes more difficult when you're around people who enforce different rules. Right. And I, I agree. I think Taryn and Sophie deserve all the credit in the world as just nails as 
young women themselves who are just figuring out this coaching thing and they go into a situation where it's these are the Lady Ravens programs rules, but they're watching everybody else do things differently. And she's still enforcing those rules and asking the kids to social distance and put on their masks when they go into public places and taking temperatures between games. And, you know, I think that's a good place to sort of wrap this up, which is again, leadership attitude reflects leadership. And you have a group of older teenage girls who are doing what they're asked and told, despite the fact that the people around them are doing things differently. And that is a reflection on Taryn's leadership and Sophie's leadership. And we've got the best people around. And because of that, we end up in positive situations with positive interactions pretty consistently. But I am looking forward to seeing how our tournaments this weekend, different parts of the country, different facilities, how their guidelines are enforced perhaps a little bit differently than we were where we were this past weekend. Cause I think we were all taken a little off guard. Like you said, we got all these emails. Taryn said all these emails coming in in the weeks leading up to the tournament indicating certain restrictions and guidelines and what was going to be enforced and what wasn't. And it sounds like it wasn't as much of an emphasis as we anticipated it would be in this one place. So it'll be this will be a to topic that we keep hitting throughout the entire summer. Unfortunately, it looks like it's something that we're going to be talking about in the fall. For a while, yeah. And, uh, and it's universal. It's not just softball, right? So no matter absolutely. what guests we have on here and what sport we're talking right. about, whether it's Perry safety or the gentleman or the guy, you know, or the club, next hockey week, right? podcast, every sport is going to be affected this. by this. So yeah, everything's going to deal with this. It'll and be a topic is, that's not going away anytime soon. No, the truth of the matter is Lee, we are probably, we, we started the episode talking about it. We're probably the lucky ones. Yeah. Right. Because again, we're going to talk club hockey next week and they are going to have a whole different set of challenges than we are. That makes playing their sport infinitely more difficult and challenging during these times. Leah, I think that's a good place to, to wrap this up. Yeah. Good episode, bro. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. We will see you next time. Thanks for joining us and tune in next week for club hockey. We'll see you then. Peace. For Lee Rubin, I'm Mike Rosenblum. Thanks for listening to the Club Sports Podcast. Be sure to click and subscribe to the show and check us out over on Twitter and Instagram at at Club Sports Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.